You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening and good night. This is your host, Jay Spence the King. And I am the host of the Code of Conduct. I'm hitting the mic, I'm hitting the table I'm hitting everything, man I do not care I'ma just tell you like I told everybody else I ain't, I ain't got <laughs> Listen <laughs> Listen <laughs> I don't <laughs> I know the track is laughing. I don't have a voice. (laughs) I told y'all. I told y'all. Did I not? Did I not tell y'all? How long have I been telling y'all that the Buffalo Bills are for real? How long? I've been telling y'all. Like, like, like how, how long and how much do I have to say for you to understand that the Buffalo Bills are for real? What do I, what do I got to do to get you to understand that Josh Allen is the real deal? I've been talking my talk. Since what? I think I joined Buffalo Fanatics in May. I've been telling you since May that we would beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I've been telling you since May that Josh Allen was an MVP candidate. I've been telling y'all since May that we're better than you thought. The national media from the very first game of the season wanted to talk about my quarterback in a negative manner. The only thing they wanted to say is that Josh Allen was a quarterback who had no control. They wanted to say he was inaccurate. They wanted to say that he was not able to be a leader for this Buffalo Bills football team. I'm going to just tell y'all, man, I've been telling y'all this for months. When we weren't good, when the Bills weren't good, I was the guy who was saying, yo, we're not it. (laughs) And people were mad because they wanted me to be more positive. People kept telling me, no, Spence, you wrong, man. You can't talk like that about the team. You got to be positive. And every time I was honest about 
our shortcomings and what we didn't have and where we weren't as a team, I got yelled at by Bills Mafia. In this season, I went into the season telling you, I told everybody that y'all got Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs, Tremaine Edmonds, Tredavious White, and all these boys, y'all got them messed up. I've been telling y'all for months that y'all got the Buffalo Bills messed up. And y'all think that a pretender, that a fake number one seed, 11 and one Pittsburgh Steelers, was going to knock the Buffalo Bills off their. Y'all really thought. Listen, I had to come and do this now. So the game just ended. I got Matt Perino joining me soon, and I will be a whole lot less emotional and um, reactive. I'll be a whole lot less reactive because that'll be like we're actually going to do the interview tomorrow. So I'll talk to Matt tomorrow. It's Monday. (laughs) So when you hear this, the interview happened on Monday. I'm recording this Sunday night after the game. The Buffalo Bills, regardless if you just want to talk records, regardless if you want to talk, I'm not even talking about records. Let's just say everybody today is 0-0. It's a new season today. The playoff starts today. This is the most comfortable I've been with my football team ever as an adult i'm 34 years old the last time the buffalo bills were this good or remotely this good i was probably like seven six years old there's nothing that you can say right now that's gonna make me take a step back on my team and matter of fact let me go ahead and throw this in there real quick I've been telling y'all for weeks. I've been telling y'all for weeks that my guy, Josh Allen, is the MVP of the league. I'm gonna move on. <laughs> I just I just literally had a five minute, six minute emotional moment about how good <laughs> my team is, man. As a fan, this is this is a moment that um, that we've been waiting on. At least me. I can't I can't speak for everybody, but if I'm going to be honest, this is a moment that we've been waiting on for the last twenty plus years. The last time Jim Kelly has thrown a football for the Buffalo Bills, we've been waiting since the last time Thurman Thomas has ran the ball in the playoffs as a Buffalo Bill. We've been waiting on this. In my opinion, the last good quarterback we've had was Doug Flutie. We've been through 47 quarterbacks (laughs) since, since we've been good. Listen, go Bills, man. I'm going to end this 
little speech like this. Go Bills. I don't want to get too hyped. Now, I told you that the only concern that I really had was next week. <laughs> not not Pittsburgh. They were they were pretenders. My concern is Denver. No, should we beat them? Absolutely. Absolutely, especially after seeing what we did last night or 2 days ago. We should absolutely 1 billion percent we should be Denver with no problem I'm about to be talking major stuff to my uncle he's a Broncos fan been a Broncos fan since Terrell Davis probably before that I was a kid I remember them winning the Super Bowl with Elway and I remember him wearing the chain and he's been talking about it so I can't wait (laughs) to talk all this week I'm gonna just go Uncle D that's it Uncle D Uncle D (laughs) I'm gonna be talking stuff and I hope he I hope he's ready. We might not talk for a couple couple holidays because of this game. I'm I'm going to talk major crap to my uncle and if he ain't ready, I'm going to just tell you. I got all love for him and he he's probably my favorite uncle, but guess what? This week, I ain't got no love for him. He a Denver fan. I done told you how I feel about my grandmother. I told you how I felt about my grandfather who's from Pittsburgh. My grandmother was from New England or from Boston. I have no problem disowning family for the week of games. And my favorite uncle at this point, Uncle D, I love you, man. I'm going to just tell you, I'll talk to you in a week. Because at this point, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to be it. I'm going to be cocky with it. I'm going to be cocky with it. And on, and on top of being cocky with it, I also, I do have to take a step back. Because during the game... In, in the week leading up to the game. So I know I just talked about my uncle. Wait, I got to I gotta backtrack. I talk major stuff about Levi. Here's the thing. I don't backtrack from anything I said. I love Levi. Do I feel like he's played up to the standard that he should? No. He made an interception late in the game Sunday. So it was a big play and, and it helped to seal the game. So I appreciate Levi Wallace. I do. A trillion percent. I appreciate Levi Wallace. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna backtrack on that on what I said. Like I said, he had a great game last night. I appreciated the game that he played last night. I appreciated him throughout the season. I just have expectations out of him because I know how good he can be. I feel that he's a good cornerback. I need him to play like it because I've seen him do it before. So that's why I'm, I'm a little vocal and outspoken about Levi. But he made a very, very big play. Like I said, he shut the game down. There you have it. So I'm going to I'm going to end my uh, little monologue here. I have somebody who I've been very, very, very excited about getting on the show. You know, what? I'm just going to get right into it. I got my man, Matt Perino. Hope you guys enjoy this interview. He has some good nuggets for us, and we just enjoy each other. You know, Matt's a good guy. I enjoy talking to him. So uh, I really hope you enjoy the interview. Go Bills. Of conduct. This is a Jay Spence exclusive. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I am very excited. I finally have been able to line up our, our schedules. I've been trying to get this gentleman on the show for quite some time. Um, we don't interact as much 
publicly or, or really even DM anymore. But I can tell you this this gentleman has been the one guy who's been extremely helpful in everything that I've developed into as a podcaster since May. So um, somebody who I look at as a as a mentor in this thing, even though, like I said, we don't speak all the time. Matt Perino, Bill's beat reporter from Syracuse.com in New York Upstate. How's it going today, Matt? Well, those are very kind words, and uh, I I can't take any credit because you 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 have uh, gotten all the shine that you've gotten because of who you are and what you do. So uh, we are appreciative uh, of you, my friend, as well, because that's one thing I always talk about on these shows is like the Buffalo social media community is so awesome. There's so many uh, Buffalo sports community. There's so many cool you know folks we get to interact with all the time, and uh, no, you're doing your thing. Uh, I'm a big Buffalo rumblings guy, so uh, glad to be joining your show. Well, I definitely appreciate it, and, and everything I said, I meant. So, um, you know, you you have you and and Ryan have been extremely helpful, you know, in in everything that I've done. So we'll jump right into it, man. It's it's a it's a good week. It's a, well, so far, it's you know, it's <laughs> Monday, uh, and we both uh, prior to starting to record, we both just mentioned like we're both tired. We're both still feeling the effects of yesterday. Um, so just just at first, you know, the show, the title of the show this week is called Pinch Me. You know what? At first thoughts, twenty four less than twenty four hours. How are you feeling this morning? <laughs> you know what? What are your, I guess, your reaction to everything that we just experienced? You know, I think I'm still a little bit surprised at just how well the Bills have come through the stretch. Because if you go back to, you know, before the season and you know prognosticating the schedule and everything like that. Most of the conversations around this year was how difficult this schedule was. And this was kind of like a really tough um, run of games. I mean, you're talking about the Steelers, you're talking about the 49ers, even the chargers who I think if they don't lose a couple key pieces, um, you know, they're even a tougher team uh, with a better record at this point. Um, So I think you're sitting here on this Monday after your team just beat the Steelers. Like, that's another part of this. Like last year was so huge and you beat the Steelers in Pittsburgh for the first time in 40 some odd years this year, the first time ever that Ben Roethlisberger has lost to the bills and your quarterback, your MVP caliber quarterback. That's the quote out of Ben Roethlisberger's mouth outplayed big Ben. Hi, little one. Uh, Yeah. I'm going to have little rug rats all over the place running around here. Um, (laughs) He outplayed him and on the, on the national stage and, and, Outside of maybe Nick Wright, who continues to you know go with his whole shtick, and listen, I've watched Nick Wright for a long time. I actually think he's got some pretty good basketball takes. Mm-hmm. Um, and the same thing goes for Colin Cowherd and some of all these other guys as well. Like, it's just gonna be you know a bit of a shtick sometimes um, for for these national folks. And I think it, their whole goal is goal is to get everybody fired up about this stuff. And so I think that now. Sitting here today, I think the the vast majority of critics, analysts, if they're not, and I wrote about this last week, if they're not talking about Josh Allen in their MVP conversation and this Bills team is a Super Bowl contender, they're they're trolling. Come on. Yeah, yeah. For sure. I mean, you you can't you can't look at it any other way. And and like you mentioned about Nick Wright, I used to you know, I used to watch his show quite a bit when um Chris Carter was on there with him and um like you mentioned coward and and all those other guys you have to understand um bills fans that when those guys give these takes their job isn't to really give factual or statistical information 
their job is to create engagement and to get everybody fired up to watch the show. It, like all those tweets that were given this guy, that's that's what he wants. So it's yeah. <laughs> he's doing his job very, very well. Um, I know for me, though, as far as as far as just the feeling this morning is it's, it's an unreal feeling, man. And, and that's why I named the show Pinch Me. Like it just doesn't feel real to me. It doesn't feel real. So are, is this team legit? Are we real? Oh, they're real, man. They're real. I was I actually just came off of another show I was doing with uh, my guy, AJ. Um, and we were talking about like that was the last question that he asked me was, is this a Super Bowl contender? And, bro, I'm 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 ready to go as far as to say the only team in the NFL that I think that can beat the Kansas City Chiefs is the Buffalo Bills. And there's two parts of this. If the Bills were to face the Chiefs, would I pick the Bills in the in, in the AFC title game? Probably not. I'm I'm probably not there yet. I want to see a little bit more. The Chiefs have Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey. If if Sammy Watkins is healthy, Tyreek Hill, and Chris Jones, who I still think is going to give Josh Allen problems in that matchup. But if you're talking about a team that's built to go blow for blow with the Chiefs, I think it's I think it's Buffalo, man, and. And, and there's not a team in the NFC that I think that the Bills can't beat either. So you're sitting here with three weeks to play, still in the mix for the number two seed, the number one seed. If somehow the Chiefs absolutely um, fall on their face the next couple of weeks, I don't, I don't see that happening. Um, but I think that this Bills team has proven they're the most battle-tested team that's going to go into the playoffs. They've, they've played arguably the toughest schedule. They have arguably the best collection of wins under their belt now and yeah they're super bowl contenders take them for take them take them for real they're legit you know what i like what you just said there about the the quality of wins that we have as well so last season one of the things that you know it was, it was annoying for me as a fan to hear the national media or, and even just fans of other teams say yeah well you guys are nine and whatever but you know, who'd you beat? Who'd you play? And then realistically watching, you're, you're right. We played against Pittsburgh and we played against Duck Hodges and we played against, um, you know, last season we played against a bunch of teams that had injured quarterbacks or just not not at full strength to where you would feel confident. Like, hey, if we see this team again in the playoffs, we can beat them because we did it convincingly, you know, during the season. So this season, dude, we're beating everybody who we're facing and there's no excuses going. Um, I know some Pittsburgh fans already were saying, you know, well, we were without so-and-so and we were without so-and-so. But, dude, we, we beat your Hall of Fame caliber quarterback with his number one and number two receiver. There wasn't, you know, like they were without they were without nobody on offense, though. And they had all their receivers. They had their offensive line intact. They lost an offensive lineman during the game. Very true. The Bills mm-hmm. were down an offensive lineman, too, without Cody Ford, um, without John Brown. So let's not mm-hmm. talk about I, – I don't like to play that game just because I think you still saw a very effective Pittsburgh defense. That game planned well for the Bills, but the Bills made adjustments. And I think that was another thing that I took out of this game. Josh Allen in that moment last year does not get this football team to 26 points. Mm-hmm. Like you even go back to that Patriots game last year where – it started to click near the end of the half. We saw a very similar kind of transition into finding some things that worked in that game, but he just couldn't do enough. He made the big play to John Brown in the second half, but I think they ended up with 17 points. And in these kinds of games, you're going to need to score 25 points, 30 games against some of the better offenses. This game, particularly the defense stepped up. 
this defense, I think that's another big takeaway. This defense is finally looking like the unit that we've seen over the last couple of years. They have, I think, one of the best secondaries in the league. And if they can find a rotational kind of vibe with Levi Wallace and Josh Norman, who, by the way, Josh Norman, this surprised me. He played more snaps than Levi yesterday. Levi Wallace mm. balled yesterday. Like, I don't, I'm not here for, like, I know people have their preconceived notions about Levi. He played bad against San Francisco, and I, I talked mm. a lot about it. He was really good yesterday. He gave up a few receptions. It's going to happen in this defense. That's another thing. Understand your team. Understand the scheme. They want. They are going to give up catches in this in the, in this defense. Tre'Davious White does it as well. But Levi Wallace, what he did this week was he stepped up and he made plays. He was targeted six times. He only gave up two receptions. He made one of the plays of the game on defense. I, and I think it's you. I'm trying to think back. I know you're probably not a Levi Wallace fan, right? I, I think I saw. You no, know, I, I am a Levi. And that actually, so it's a good segue because I was actually going to ask you about Levi. So that, that's a good segue. So I am a huge Levi Wallace fan. The thing is, I've been I've been vocal, very vocal about my expectations of him. Mm-hmm. I feel that. So in recent years, I feel obviously the Buffalo Bills have always really had middle to slightly above average football teams to where we we weren't good enough to really be contenders, but we weren't bad enough to get the number one pick. So we played decent. We played well, especially on defense. We played great. I don't want to fall back into the place that now, okay, well, now we're winning. So it's okay that Levi is getting beat consistently. I don't want to be that fan. So recently I've been vocal. My question to you about last night, because he he damn sure told me to shut up because <laughs> I kept saying like, hey, he's giving up this. He, he got, you know, the bomb that he gave up last week, you know, and then a couple of the plays throughout this season, the last that I can really think of that come to mind. Last night, he's like, look, I'm balling. Shut up. <laughs> wrong about my assessment about the rest of the season and has he has he turned that corner you no, you're not wrong about your assessment for the rest of the season I think that there's been some struggles and I think that's kind of what you get with Levi Rawls and why I'm a, I think I'm a little bit more optimistic about a potential timeshare I thought that that worked well with Kevin Johnson last year when they did that I think that there's strengths I think you could play to those strengths just like you you bring in Matt Milano as a blitzer uh, on third downs or, you know, let Quentin Jefferson be a pass rusher as opposed to an interior run stopper on, on, on different situations. You can play that way with, with cornerbacks too, I think. I think the Bills have proven that. Um, I've also been in the camp of wanting to see more of from Dane Jackson and maybe what it would look like to see Josh Norman and, and Tredavious White together on the field for a larger sample size. But I also want people to know that I I do think that there's a reason this regime continues to go back to the Levi Wallace well. They they see something in him. There's a there's they're developing something in him. And and I've learned to kind of shut my mouth when it comes to that because they've proven me wrong several times. I mean, this season in and of itself, I was on the AJ Klein get out of town mm-hmm. ride. I mean, I, I I thought he was absolutely terrible. And I think I wrote about it actually right before he really started to turn the corner. But the, the, the moral of the story is the guys that are in that room and the women that are in that room making these decisions know more about this than you or I. <laughs> and so mm-hmm. I think that what the, Sean McDermott and the staff has done is they've earned some trust and some um, leeway when it comes to player personnel. I think the same thing goes for Dawson Knox. I think there's a reason why 
He continues to get the nod over um, Tyler Croft. I think there's a reason why Josh Allen was almost force feeding him the ball yesterday. Did you notice that? Like Cole Beasley was wide open in the second half down the right sideline. And Josh Allen went back across his body and pushed it down the field because he saw a one-on-one matchup with Dawson Knox, who he had high hopes for going into the season, thought was going to be a bigger role in this offense. They're trying to get the ball to Dawson Knox. And I think that's because they want to see what they have in him. You look around the league at some of the best offenses and they usually feature a pretty good tight end. And and so they want to get Dawson Knox to to see if maybe they they have anything remotely like that in him. Uh, I'm not so sure personally, but that seems to be the route that they're going. So I get the frustration at times, but you're sitting here 10 and three with a team that should be 11 and two, uh, if not for a miracle play. They, mm-hmm. they figure some things out. They got, they know what they're doing. And I, and I think that um, week to week roster decisions, I think that there's a little bit more reasoning behind the scenes than maybe we're even aware of. Yeah, yeah, good points, good points, because you're right, Um, with Dawson, I know there are a lot of fans now who, you know, get him out of here, or, you know, put him back to the bench and, and activate Croft, or whatever, I think, I think a big part of the reason why they play him is because he blocks well, Um, and I think, obviously, you see the potential there, he, you know, when he gets the ball, he, he's an amazing runner of the football, so I think, obviously, the concern is the drops, or the, you know, you're not catching the ball at times, but I would, I would love to see Dawson really develop into that um, Gronk-like tight end for Josh, you know, or not necessarily in play, in style of play, but I mean it more so in a security blanket for what Gronk was for Brady all those years. I would love to see that with Dawson. Do we have it? I don't know. I'm kind of like you. I'm just a little... I'm on the edge about it. I'm a little apprehensive, but um, that also kind of leads into a, another question because um, you, you mentioned coaching and you, you talked about the decisions that they make and we're not privy to um, coaching for the second week in a row, at least in my opinion, it looks like we kind of figured out that third quarter. We've, we've had some issues all season. It really last season too. We just couldn't figure out the third quarter. Do you feel like Brian Dayball and, and coach McDermott, you know, figured out on offense. And actually we could even talk about coach Frazier because the defense has played last night, man, they were lights out. So do you think that we turned that around as well with the coaching? I mean, yeah. And I think that it's also, you know, a part of that is just understanding your personnel. Now that there's been some continuity on both sides of the ball and understanding who you are, there is an adjustment period. Like especially on offense, there's been this weird, like it's been a weird season with like having John Brown start and having this explosive passing game that all of a sudden kind of gets stunted a little bit with his injuries that he was dealing with and asking Gabriel Davis to kind of do this ping pong thing where um uh one 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 get one game he'll he'll be in that John Brown role, one game he'll go back into that number four uh role where he's been so good this year. He's been go- so good in both. I think that they've dealt with a lot of moving parts and have and have had to redefine who they are a couple times and and try to figure out how to adjust to certain things. And I think that maybe that's been part of the reason they've struggled in third quarters. And also, I've talked about this on my show a couple times. When you're so good in the first half, I I just think it's natural adjustments or or whatever. The, the more repetitions as the game goes on that an opponent has against you, the, the and they're losing those repetitions, 
it's almost only natural that the 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 momentum or the pendulum is gonna is gonna shift a little bit as the game goes on because you get used to certain things and and tells and different things that you're seeing from from the opposing side of the ball. So I think that it's still uh, something that's evolving in terms of what these um, you know players are are de- or the coaches are dealing with from week to week. But I think that it's a good sign that they've been so good in the third quarter the last couple of weeks as the games are getting harder and we're getting to December and January and, and they're going to get even more difficult. Yeah. I'm, I'm just thoroughly impressed by that, man. Last night, you know, coming out of the half, we obviously didn't have an explosive first half. So going into that third quarter, I was nervous, you know, and, and like I said, Josh came out, man, and he looked like a man possessed in the second half. So, so I'm excited about those adjustments. I'm excited that we're figuring it out. Like you said, in December, January coming out, it's it's meaningful football that's leading into the playoffs. And I feel like the Bills are getting hot at the right time. Not, I mean, they, obviously we're hot all season. We're we're ten and three, but I, I feel like the complaints that as fans, or really even if you don't want to be a fan and you just analyze the team, the things that you could look at and say that they needed to improve on, I think now are starting to click completely for the team so i'm very excited about it um and i'm sure you've seen me as well i'm on my um extend andre roberts campaign i think that uh he is greatly undervalued not by the team but um in our community uh, of buffalo or western new york i think he's greatly undervalued so but to say all that i just think all three phases of the game are starting to really click and it's, it's just it's so fun to watch i've never I lived in Indiana when they had Peyton Manning and then also after they drafted Andrew Luck mm-hmm. and and the feeling that they had in that city and the buzz it, it, it feels great to have it for my team now man it's, it's just it's awesome so with that being said I'm excited so going into next week we're going to Mile High City what do you think we have to do to come out like we did yesterday you know I think they have to continue to play the way that they've played on defense uh I think that uh from what I've watched on them this year Drew Luck is not nearly as effective when he, you know, has to deal with consistent pressure. And I think that the Bills have plenty of options to dial up those pressures. And uh, I think that it's a situation where, you know, they're playing pretty good football, but they're they're banged up. I mean, they I was surprised that Carolina wasn't able to do more in the passing game. And I think that that comes down to Teddy Bridgewater. And I just think he's a little bit more limited as a passer. I think Josh Allen should be able to have some success. I think John Brown is eligible to return off of injured reserve this week. I would imagine if you wanted my guess, he'll return to practice and then it'll be a wait and see. I'm not, I would not be surprised if they held him out, you know, to, mm-hmm. to the Patriots game or, or maybe even further, depending on where he's at. I think they have a three week window once he returns to practice. And I, I think at this point you want him to be as close to hundred percent that he can get yep. this season before you bring him back. But I think that they match up well against the Broncos. I think it's a tough game on the road on a short week again. Um, Another national stage. I know it's Saturday at four, but the whole country is going to be watching again. But and they're old pros at that by now. They 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 had their early season struggles in, you know, against the Chiefs in prime time and the Titans, and the last couple have been nothing but spectacular victories. So um, I, I like their chances. I'm I'm excited to learn a little bit more about the Broncos as we move into the week. I'm going to go back and watch that Carolina game mm-hmm. with the Bills. Man, I think the biggest storyline is this defense because the offense has been so good all season. They've been the constant, um, you know, outside of that little lull where I think they were dealing with some injuries. Josh was hurt. Um, but I, I think that this defense playing at the level that it's playing at and Jordan Poyer continues to play at an all pro level. Micah Hyde's joining him there. 
who I think always kind of plays at that level and is super underrated. Tredavious White is looking like the same, maybe best corner in the league as he's been the last year and a half, two years. And then I think everywhere else you look, it's like this like gradual trending line where I think that Tremaine Edmonds looks better and better every week. AJ Klein's found his role. They're working Matt Milano in slowly. And I think this defensive line, they have a lot of options. And somebody was talking to me about Trent Murphy before the game and the fact that he continues to be inactive. And I get it. Like, listen, that looks like a swing and a miss, not cutting him and saving the money that you could have used uh, to re-sign a couple of these guys, mainly Matt Milano, Daryl Williams next offseason. But if you're looking at it just in the context of 2020, and a team that now everybody's talking about as a Super Bowl contender, Trent Murphy offers insane value as yes. a as a depth piece because if Jerry Hughes, Mario Addison, who are both over 30 years old, get injured, AJ Epinesa, Daryl Johnson get injured, that's a huge piece to have in your back pocket that you can play. A guy that could come in and play, you know, 70% of the snaps if you need him to. And he was awesome against Houston last year in the playoffs. So you know what you're getting out of him. Yeah, no, that that's a that's a really good point. I was on the bandwagon to to kind of you know let him go because I just I wanted us to to um to sign to Davian Clowney. I thought that um you know he would have been a a good piece to add to our team. But you know with the way that we've played throughout the season and and you know I agree a hundred percent. Your point is well taken that in the playoffs towards the end of the year, really nobody goes into the playoffs healthy. You know, even though the injury report might not say it or show it, a lot of guys aren't 100% come January, you know, mid-January, guys aren't healthy. <laughs> you know, so, right. no, you're absolutely right. You get fresh legs, you get fresh, just, yeah, I'm with you, I'm with you. Um, so, last question for you, you know, uh, I don't want to keep you too long. I believe, I'm a big, huge believer in, like, special moments and magical moments and things like that. Um, I think that things always kind of work together. And I know, you know, I don't know how everybody wants to take this. Some people are spiritual, some people are not, whatever. But I just feel like, you know, when, when everything lines up, you know, some people say all the stars line up in the universe for you or whatever. Right now, the city of Buffalo is, is seen, it, it just seems to be doing wonderful things. So like, you know, we boast the, the hottest hip hop group in the in the nation right now. Um, our college football team is ranked for the first time in history. Um, economically, Buffalo is at the forefront, believe it or not, over, you know, at the forefront of like the medical technology field. And, and it's actually helping to turn around Buffalo. So there's a lot of good happening. Man, is this our year, Matt? Like, I, I know I, that was a real dramatic question there. But like, seriously, I just feel like everything is lining up like everything. Is this our year? I mean, it feels like if there was going to be a year, this would be it. The way things are going for this Bills team. And it's it's hard, man. Like, who knows what's, what's going on with COVID and what the playoffs are going to look like. And, you know, making it through that gauntlet of the playoffs and, and not having this, you know, this thing that's hanging over everything that we do in society right now impact things is, is always – worrisome but you know i think the bills are built and they're doing a great job of navigating this covid pandemic and they're built to sustain during this time and i think what you need in this league today is to win consistently is a team that can pass the football and can score points in in bunches and the bills have that and 
they built this team brilliantly in that they found a defensive minded coach that knows the secondary position. Like that's where he's strongest. I mean, he's a former um, defensive backs coach. They call him the DB whisperer in the room. And that's important too, in this league to have, like, I feel like the teams that have good secondaries. I mean, you look at Pittsburgh is a great example of that. Um, They tend to be some of the better defenses. So you built this thing by systematically after you found your quarterback building around him and building this offense and, and having a head coach that, and a defensive coordinator that that they really know defense. And when push comes to shove, they're going to get this defense, no matter where it was at the beginning of the season in September or October to a championship level defense. And also the important piece is I don't think Sean gets enough credit for the, the fact that he puts his ego aside and lets Brian Dable run this offense and, and, and be the offensive creative genius, you know, there doesn't seem to be a lot of, um, you know, meddling in that. And I think that's what's propped this offense up the way that it has. I think Sean has, and and it, it funnels down through Sean, through Brandon, just the way that they, collaborate as as an organization i think has been the the most beautiful thing if you're a bills fan and i think bills fans should be um so feel so lucky to have that going on and so with all that said yeah i think that this it feels like a, a the year uh but you know it's buffalo man yeah. i to your point i don't know how old you i'm i'm gonna be ooh, i'll be 39 next year so i was you know, just in my sports infancy during the Super Bowl years. And I remember standing in my grandparents' living room watching Wide Right and um, going through that whole experience as a as a hardcore, like diehard Bills fan. And those teams were great. They were special. And they all came close and they all failed. The NFL is like this very unique grind to a title. And so... You asked me, is this the year? Could be, but I'm not going to sit here and predict anything because anything can happen in the NFL playoffs, man. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm with you. And, and I just, like I said, I asked the question just because, like, it, it feels right this year, man. It really it really feels right. So, um, again, I thank you so much for taking the time. Um, I know you're you're on dad duty right now. I, I You know, I got to see your, your daughter earlier, I believe. So, <laughs> you know, I appreciate you taking the time to do this, man. I hope you have a really, really good day. Um, why don't you give everybody a, a chance real quick to, to know where to find you? Let them know uh, social media or whatever else you got going on and, and uh, we can move on. Well, thank you for that. Happy holidays to, you know, you, your family, uh, all your listeners, uh, Bill's Mafia. Uh, it's going to be a fun uh, couple weeks here as we move into playoff football. But yeah, I'm at Matt Perino, M-A-T-T-P-A-R-R-I-N-O on Twitter. It's where you can find all of our content. Uh, Ryan Talbot and I over at uh, New York Upstate Syracuse.com. We host the Shout Bills podcast. It is live after every game. Our big Wednesday staple show uh, live on uh, like yourself uh, on, on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and then we usually do a preview episode. We're committed to three shows a week on top of everything else as we move you guys towards you know the playoffs. Uh, we're just getting after it. We're just grinding. Like I said, we're yeah. tired. Uh, doing a. I, I think I did last week was the biggest week since I joined the beat two and a half years ago. I think I did thirteen radio spots last week. So yeah, man, it's just it's a different level of busy right now, but. 
I'm not complaining, man. This is fun. Yeah. I I want I, I I like covering a team that's you know in the national spotlight and everybody wants to talk about it, and it's a good time. Thanks for having me on, man. Hey, thank you again, everybody. Mr. Matt Perino, please go give him and Mr. Ryan a follow. Um, hey, go Bills this week. Everybody enjoy this week. Enjoy this time. Please, 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 like, do not let this moment go by and not appreciate it because we might not get it back. We might not get it back. So enjoy it as usual. Go Bills. Take care of each other and live in peace. Code of conduct.